Hi everyone. Welcome to Story Tell Her by Montia Imagini. In episode one, I shared the story of my testimony. And in episode two, so I'm saved. Now what? The month was October. The year was 2014 when God saved me. For the most part, I kept my new journey to myself because I thought, what if I mess up? I don't want to make God look bad as if we could discredit God. But the truth is, I did mess up. I won't pretend that my new journey was perfect. And I know that that may make some people frown their nose, but it's okay. Research shows that one reason why millennials are not interested in the church is because they think that we're so fake. And I believe that part of that reason is because we dress up in our Sunday's best and we portray this image of perfection when inwardly we're still struggling. But oh, thank God for his grace. I realize now What I didn't realize then is that keeping my salvation a secret was me isolating myself, me leaving room to sin. I kept my my salvation a secret for almost three months. I didn't share with anyone that I was saved until December of 2014 during watch night service. And if you don't know what watch night service is, that's New Year's Eve night where everyone goes to church and they pray the new year in. And we have testimony service. And I remember standing up and I testified to my church that I was saved. And I shared with them my experience. And I remember Sister Carol, she's, she was the mother of the church. I looked up to her since I was about 12 years old. She sat at the organ and she folded her arms across her chest and she just began to thank God. I looked at my mom. She was so relieved. Even my auntie Sherry was there. My church family was so happy because they know what I've been through. The next people I had to share the news with about my salvation was my peers. They weren't as receptive. The question I heard the most was, why do you want to be saved now? Because I was 21 years old. They told me that I had so much more left to do. But my response to them was, (laughs) I've done all about all there was to do and look where it led me. And I remember telling one person about my salvation and I was trying to share my testimony and share the gospel. And this person said to me, oh, you think you're better than us now? And I remember just my heart just dropping. And I said, I don't think I'm better than anyone. And if you of all people should be happy for me because you've seen where I've been. And it was in that moment that I began to shut down. 
I began to struggle with my identity. Who am I now? How do I fit in in the world now? Will I be accepted by all of my families and my friends? What what do I do now? What is what is my purpose? It was then that I decided to take a break from dating, from hanging out with family and friends until I figured out who I was. Because faith-wise, I was strong. But mentally and physically wise, not so much. So I told God, well, it's you and me now. And this was the time where I still didn't have a vehicle and I was still living with my mom and we worked together. So we definitely talked about faith a lot. And one of our coworkers was recently saved as well. And she gave me a book titled The Purpose Driven Life. What on earth am I here for? And it's written by Rick Warren. And I highly recommend that book for um, young believers in Christ. That book highlighted five main purposes for why we are created. One is for worship, to worship God. Two is for fellowship. Three is for discipleship. Four is for ministry. And five is for evangelism. And that book, it's meant to be a 40-day devotional. So as I read it, and I'm a very task-oriented person, as I read it, I thought to myself, okay, boom, 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 boom. I have to knock out these five purposes in the next 40 days. But I went and I grabbed that book to brush up on what I learned and what I should add in this podcast. And what I realized is that those five purposes have played out and are still playing out over the last 16 years of my life. But my main takeaway from that book was identity. And in worshiping God, we're supposed to love God with our whole heart our whole mind, our whole spirit, and we're supposed to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And it was that ourselves that I struggled with. You see, I've always, I always knew from a young age, as I said before, that I wanted to be saved at nine years old. I I know the exact moment that I fell in love with God the exact moment that I fell in love with the word of God. So I never did question God's love for me. And when I look back over the years, I believe his divine order and his presence, it was always there. For example, I can remember every time I had a bad day or Every time something bad happened in the toxic relationships that I was in, I would sit in my car in front of my mom's home and I would look out into the sky and I would say, 
God, I know there's so much more to life than this. And without fail, a Yolanda Adams song would come on a radio. And it was a secular radio station. And I can't think of the name of the song right now. But the lyric says, alone in the room, it's just me and you. I feel so lost. I don't know what to do. But what if I choose the wrong thing to do? I'm just so afraid of disappointing you. So I need to talk to you and ask you for your guidance. That song would come on without fail. So I always knew that God was there. So I struggled with believing I was worthy of God's love. What the Purpose Driven Life taught me about identity is that we have to replace the negative thoughts that were implanted in us that we believed. And the way to defeat the negative thoughts of worthlessness, purposeless is to replace those words with truth. John 17 and 17, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So I decided that every day, no matter how awkward it was, I was going to look in the mirror, look myself in the eyes and say, I am worthy of God's love. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am blessed. I am highly favored. All things are working together for my good. All of those things are affirmations that are grounded in the word of God. We don't have to accept all of the thoughts that come across our minds. I remember, and this was years later of me saying these affirmations. I remember Bishop Richard Sneed preaching a sermon. And he said, you all need to stop telling yourselves that you're not worthy. Do you think God would send his son to save you if you were not worthy? And then it was in that moment that I was like, wow. Because I, I don't know about anyone else, but sometimes I guess it's like a humility thing where we would say, you know, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. But we are worthy. I would highly recommend reading Romans 8. And it talks about how nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God. So here I am, newly saved, trying to establish my new identity in Christ, affirming what the word of God says about me. And in enjoying just my new relationship with Christ. Because 
I'm not religious. And sometimes I've heard people say that to me through Instagram. I'm not religious. I have a relationship with Christ. And as I said a few moments ago, I decided to take a break from family and dating. But one day my phone rang. And it was a friend of mine who we knew each other for a while. He knew all of the toxic relationships that I've been in. And he said, first, we had a little bit of small talk. And then he said, Tia, I heard that you just got saved. And so I said, yeah, I've been, you know, saved for a few months. And he said, well, I think I have the perfect guy for you. And he just got saved too. Come back next week for episode three. Say yes to the blind date. Have a good Saturday, everyone. Again, this is Story Tell Her by Montia Imagini. Thank you for listening.